0: Last week, we talked about our words and how words matter and how they're so important, how what we speak over our lives, they, they come to pass, right? I mean, both positive and negative. And I even talked about this, this instance where, you know, probably 12, 12, 15 years ago, somewhere around there, I, someone had told me something. It could have been perceived as negative, kind of like downplaying, hey, your dreams are too big and you can't do that and it stuck with me, and it kind of motivated me, right? But I know a lot of times there's people who come in here and we have, we've heard a ne- something negative, some, something someone has told us, and it doesn't go that way. It doesn't churn out for the best. And you may be coming in here, and you may have even like a parent, a father figure, right? Someone like that had, have told you something, and it's kind of weighed, weighed on you, Maybe it was a close friend, but I want. we all need to know that. We have a heavenly father who says something different about us, Amen. right? And he's called us in, from glory to glory, and he's called us into in to prosper, like Kenzie said, even in our finances. Like, that's what's so amazing. Like, even, like, you know, when we take up offering, it's not about, you know, hey, we're, we're just giving our money away. It's we're giving back what God has already given us. Yeah. And so even offering our time. We've, we've talked about that a little bit. I've said that, like, tithing your time, right? Just to be in the word, just to be, say, hey, God, like, just speak to me. Just go on a walk with him. Just go on a drive. But la- last week we talked about, like, the significance of the little things, right? And I, and I mentioned this story of, of the person who, the doctor who, you know, had said, hey, I think the doctors not washing their hands and then going and delivering babies is causing um, these patients, to, these mothers to pass away. And no one really believed them because they were like, how could something so simple, right? So it, w- it ended up being true and germs were a thing. And this was back in the 1800s, right? 1864. But it was something so small that at the time, people had ridiculed him for, for thinking it could have such a, a mass impact. And so today, the power of words, the power of words are so impactful, right? It's so, so, something so small, but can have, if we, if we choose to use them in the right way, man, God, there's something that can be unleashed in our lives. And so, interesting enough, last week, um, and Lord, just be with us. Lord, Lord, just bless us. Like God, I, I pray he just ministers to all of us this morning. And so I I want to come before Him, like I'm saying, Lord. Today, I honestly believe what what I'm about to like talk about. God's gonna speak to each and every one of us. It looks different; it does, but the Holy Spirit will speak into our lives. And I pray we leave here changed. But last week, you know, we talked about words, and you you all know. I mean, me and Kenzie, we've, we've never pastored uh, a congregation. We did a little bit of college ministry. But, like, coming into being, to being pastors, it's like, okay, next week we gotta, we got to bring another word. Okay, next week. You guys ever think about that, like, practically, what that looks like? And so <laughs> I was like, let's just take another week and let's just talk about this because our words matter, right, if, it, if it's such a big deal. And uh, so I had a good friend of mine tell me, you know how you, you, you know, some, sometimes you add a little bit of different accessories to your food? He's just like, just take that main course, just, you know, like your cereal. You got your cereal, but now just next week, just add some bananas. <laughs> and so, <laughs> today we're just going to add some bananas in it. <laughs> hey, and the bananas are going to be good. Because yeah. James 3, if you know, if, when, any, when anyone ever talks about, uh, words, the power of words you you can point at james three, and so James talks about the first the first half of the chapter he talks about our words, and then the last half he talks about wisdom, so wisdom's the bananas today and um james man he was a, he was a, the the half brother right because his um if you know Jesus, who, you know, how he was, he came about, so he's the half-brother, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and just think about that, just growing up with Jesus, and a lot of people say he, he really didn't even believe, like, the whole ministry of Jesus and who he said he was until after he, Jesus has resurrected, and he came back, and he met with him, so this is James, he's, like, he's super convicted, like, he's like, He's telling the church right here, these, the, the, this Jew, the Jewish community, hey, you need to straighten up with your words and live wise. And he's like, and it's serious because guess what? I've seen Jesus, the Messiah. I know that this, this calling he's placed on our lives is real. So straighten up. So he's kind of, he's talking with the, with the father figure, right? Like this, this, this fatherly attitude, like you guys need to do this. And he's talking to believers. Like many of us who know the Bible, who know the Word, and are believers, so let's just let's let's get into it. I'm going to start off with the ha- the, the the second half of the book um, of the chapter James three seventeen through eighteen. Might be a little out of uh, it says, and this is in the message. It says, real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with the holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings. Not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. Real wisdom, that is powerful. I'll let it speak, and that's the last half of the book. So now, today, I titled this message for myself, and you can write this down, but it's to use our words well and to live with wisdom. Use our words well and to live with wisdom. So James has called everyone who has had this encounter, this experience with Jesus to do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. The beginning of the chapter. Let's go into that. And so today, if you have your Bible, if you have your if your phone, I would encourage you just kind of follow along. Um, we're gonna be I'm gonna be reading most of the, of the chapter and kind of just talking about it. But James three one verse one says, "Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that he who teaches will be judged with greater strictness." So James is saying this because for at the time this this was. The church was was new, right? It was fairly new. And a lot of people were like, Well, I want I want to teach, I want to preach, I want to teach. and he's telling them, Well, be careful. Be be very careful, right? Because your words, they matter, and you'll be judged with greater strictness. Verse two says, For we all stumble in many ways, and if not and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. We all stumble in many ways. So talking about our words and how we talk, right, to each other, to ourselves, like, to to, to really, like, how we talk in our community when we're out in public, right? So this is, this is huge. We all stumble in many ways. So before we go any further, I just want to be clear, like, we all, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, it starts here, right? This is this this right here. This whole platform. When we stand up here, when I when I'm, I said it last week. It's for viewing, not value. Right. So we all stumble in many ways, and this is what James is telling the church. Like, hey, be careful, because you all and you all stumble. We all stumble in many ways because it, it, it's it's not easy. Words aren't easy, and so. It goes on, and uh, now he shows us, okay, but how powerful is the tongue? Verse 3 through 5 says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. So now he's giving us these, he, he's explaining to us, hey, he does a lot of this, like this poetry. Hey, your, your, your words, they're not only so powerful, but they're majestic like a horse, like a ship. How great, how great your words and the effect they can have our words are powerful i said this last week but if, and i and i briefly mentioned this like i think what god what what god is asking us to do as a church is understand not only here i think it's easy when we're in church to say the right things it's easy to kind of to talk the lingo but his just like what James is telling them here, it's a message for us today, I think, even like, even more now today than it was back then. Like, I believe back then, there was a lot of segregation going on with the early Christians because they felt we're better. Today, as believers, when we're out in public, when we're at the market, when we're at you know, Walmart or you know, doing what we do, can we, are we able to understand the power, the, the the the, effect that our words can have, when we're speaking. Now, I don't. They, they didn't have social media, but how about that one, right? <laughs> Using our words well and understanding that what you say is gonna be is gonna be. It's gonna be counted for. And so James is just, he's just coming at it like that. He's like, hey, watch your words. Watch what you say. And he c- continues going on. And he says, like a fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird of reptiles and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Okay, James, so what, so then what do we do? Right? If we can't tame the tongue, if, if you're telling us, hey, it's so evil, it's so this, like, and we can't tame the tongue, what do we do? Well, we can't, we can't do anything. It leaves us with one answer. And it's just the classic Bible. God. That's it. And so we see this. And um, when we try, when we try on our own power to to tame the tongue, when we get to the point, because, and what happens a lot of times too is if most people probably will leave here too thinking, man, I got to straighten up. Maybe I, I gotta start talking better. I gotta start talking more positive with my life. I'm gonna get up in the morning. I'm just gonna pray for someone. I'm gonna bless someone. I'm gonna bless myself. Like I'm gonna look myself in the mirror and, and talk positive. And that's all great. That's awesome. But what's gonna happen is eventually, right? Things things are not positive. And then someone cuts you off in traffic. And then someone gives you the bird, right? When you're in Seattle, and you're, you're, you're not really sure where you're going, and your wife tells you, go, 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 it's clear, and then someone's almost in a wreck, and then they just, they peace out you, and then it's like, okay, what do I do then, right? You, you get fatigued, you get exhausted, and then you, you, you get like, you get exactly what James is saying, yet you can't tame it. The one example in community that James shows us, how we use our words, occurs in verse 9. So if you're there, verse 9. What does he say? He says, with our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very man and woman made in his image. So with our tongues, we sing, we praise, we're on stage, you preach, you go to Bible study, but with the same tongue... You curse people. You laugh at a, a kind of an inappropriate joke, right? And you and you keep going. Like this is all. This is all very real to all of us, to everyone, everyone. And God is saying, "Okay, we." Well and and well, James is to, is speaking through, and he's saying, "You can't tame the tongue." Right. Okay. So, what do we do, James? Because if you're telling us this, this is our this is our nature, and that we, and and with our tongues we bless and and we curse the very man and woman made in His image, which is cursing. It which is made in His image means that we're doing that to God when we do that. So, if we think about it like that, because I know all of us, especially being like from around here we honor, we, we glorify, like, even when you're in a bad, when you're with a bunch of people, like, people know, hey, like, hey, we're in a church, don't, don't, don't say that, so, like, people know, right, but that, that, that's just so convicting to, to me, like, even in the littlest form of how we bless people, how we hope for them to have success, that's so real. With today, everyone, we're trying to get the edge. We're trying to get the upper hand. It's like, okay, these people are made in his image. You know, I bless you. I, I pray that goes good for you. I pray you have success with that new job. I hope you you, you know they accept that offer on your house, whatever it is. It's like, but we, we bless people. And we, 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 we learn to, to, to bless them. And we don't use it to curse. We don't use it to curse the people who are made in his very image. And so James goes on and he is saying, let's, uh, he says, we, we bless our Lord our Father and we, we curse the people. Mark 7, 6 through 9. I don't have it up here. I I wrote it down. I, I, I just want to read it here. It says, And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. This, And this is, like I said before, this is for me more, like, as much as it is for, but I honestly feel like at this point, it's easy to, like, when someone starts talking about traditions, right, like, this is big. And I'm just being real this morning because this is what God told me to say, so. Traditions can interfere with the gospel being shared. Yeah. Traditions and truth. I, I feel like we've mixed it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of great traditions, but are they truth? And so what he's saying here is, what? You you, you honor me with your list, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. By holding on to the tradition of men, the gospel can't be shared. Now, there's some good stuff, but I feel like as a church community, and this has been the the common theme we've been talking about the last like two months, is unity, unity, unity. How can we be better together? Right? Even with our words and how we do things. And James is saying in the same way hey you guys talk one way you you bless God but then you curse him and in Matthew saying the prophecy is like if you can't uphold traditions and then still see the gospel being shared and someone be able to, you know to be able to accept it and so more than anything there's this If you're like me, what you usually do is you take some tradition and some truth and then you establish your path. Okay, this is how I'm going to do it. And what James is telling these people, these Jewish, these early Christians, is saying, well, that's your pathway. That's not God. Because what you understand contextually, what is going on in this book, is that there was segregation going on much like today these these people were they he's telling them what we're reading here this is him speaking to them specifically to the to the 12 tribes if you look if you look at the book and so he's challenging them hey use your words don't like you can't Say one thing and do another. And so he goes on and he, uh, in verses 10 through 12, it says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt palm yield fresh water. Okay, if, if you're like me, you read this and you're like, okay, fresh water, pond, salt, fig tree, uh, okay, it kind of just like all kind of flows together, and you're like, okay, that's good. Like someone can't, okay, like kind of what we were, what James was just saying. We curse and bless. It it can't it can't produce the same thing. But if you look at it, I, I truly believe that talking to these this community, right? This Jewish audience, they know their Bible. They know their Bible so from the very time they're beginning they're taught the word right it's not they didn't have the Bible, but they're taught the word and so I believe their mind goes to two two different two different stories they go to Matthew eleven and exodus fifteen their mind when they're when they hear this right because he's talking not literally he's talking you know metaphorically in the story and so Exodus 15, if, if, you, if you want to turn there, you can. but I'm just going to tell you what happens there briefly. Exodus 15, verse 22. It's a story where Moses brings ch- the children out of Israel. There's about 2 million, right? And he's taking them out of Egypt, and they're going into the wilderness. They cross the Red Sea. And so 2 million people, they come complaining to Moses. They say, would you help me, Lord? Or they tell him, Moses, will you help us, right? We're thirsty. We need water. And the water we've come to, is what? Is bitter. So, the, so Moses cries out to the Lord, he prays. And, and God tells him, get that, that log, get that tree, and throw it in the water. And so as the story goes, when he, when he throws the log and the tree in the water, the water doesn't turn fresh, it turns sweet. Now that word, bitter, right, or salt, it's translated to the same thing, salt and bitter, right? Also, as a church, we can't be salty. <laughs> Just doing <throwing> that, <laughs> but no. So he's, he, he, if you read it, he's talking about fresh water and bitter water. Okay, if we, if this is what James is talking about, both fresh water and bitter water. And now this is Moses, right? So I believe the the minds of people, and stay with me, the minds of people go like of of this community, go back to where to Exodus, where Moses grabs a tree, grabs a log, and God tells him, throw it in the water. These people were they were mad, they're complaining because they've been they're thirsty. They need something to drink from. And it's bitter. The log gets in the water. And it doesn't turn fresh, the word of God says, the water turns sweet. The water turns sweet. Now, crazy enough, our Savior that went on with a tree, right? On a cross, this tree, this log, and was the only thing that could make our bitter hearts. Sweet. And if we can grasp that this morning, James is telling them, you can't do it alone. As a community, as a church, we have to, the cross makes our bitter soul sweet. What if as a church, we, we, we chose to, to draw from a, a, a well of, of, of sweet words? not bitter, right? We choose to to, to just, to be a community where we're sweet, we're gentle, we listen. When someone wants to talk, how you doing? We stop and actually listen and say, okay, you you ever go by someone or you're in a a place where you're talking to people, oh, how you doing? Before someone can respond, you're kind of walking away already. But I just pray that we would, we, we would our, our souls would be sweeter, that we would hang on to that, right? Not just fresh, but sweet, because God wants to make this community where it's, it's like, man, there, there's just a presence in there yeah. of sweetness. Dr. Pepper, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you like that commercial, huh? <laughs> But and then, and then in Matthew, or in, in Mark 11, he talks about our Jesus' encounter with the fig tree, right? He's walking from Bethany. They see a fig tree, it has leaves. And that's it. There's no figs growing on it. So he curses it. And I'm reading this, and I'm seeing, this is Jesus walking right with his disciples. And he sees a fig tree with leaves. That means when a fig tree has leaves, especially like in the Mediterranean, in that place, it means, okay, the, the, the leaves are supposed to shade so the figs can grow. They can blossom. But there's no figs. I think the church in, in general, I'm, I'm talking about the church. A lot of times there's someone who, who's walking in need, Right? And they see the church, and it looks and acts like it should be producing something, and you get closer, and there's nothing. And man, that, that is so convicting to me. Like, Lord, can, can I actually want to produce and show fruit of what I'm saying, of what I'm doing. Of me coming to church. And that's not, and hey, don't take this the wrong way like, hey, I mess up once and I'm done. No, but it's the posture of our hearts to continue to pursue a holy God who wants relationship with us and has the ability to give us this abundant life. Yeah. 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 And so I, I, I read that and I was like, and then I continue reading it because I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. But for these, these 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 Christians who he's talking to, it has it held so much power when they, he mentioned fig tree, when he mentioned fresh salt water. And so my prayer for this church is that we wouldn't we wouldn't look to just mask this 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 bitterness right this bitterness in the water. Oh, that's kind of bitter. Let's let's add some sugar. Let's put some, you know put some orange juice or something it's like that water ah uh, no but we would allow the cross yeah. to just turn every turn uh, all our bitterness into yeah. sweet yeah. and that's that that's basically what i feel like we needed to hear we 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 are going to leave this place go on to our separate separate jobs separate whatever and can we hold on to that, that, there, that, that the cross has turned us from, from, from bitter to sweet? And so there's power in our words and how we speak to each other. And the well in which we draw our words are sweet because there's a Savior who, who paid it all for us. So it changes our attitude. Right. Changes our attitude. Now we can be thankful. And so, I want to read James one chapter one. Twenty six to twenty seven. This is before he goes in to talk about these main things. He kind of gives us a snippets of what he's going to talk about the next uh, four or five chapters. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and keep oneself unstained, unstained from the world. I just pray we as a church well, we would care for people. And we wouldn't just talk it, we would do it. We would walk in that, in that truth that there is a God who, who, who has made us sweet. And how every single one of us, we could, we could grow up, We could we, year to year, we can get sweeter. Because there's enough of pointing fingers and telling people, hey, you don't do that right, and you need to straighten up, and you need to do this. And I just feel like as a church... There's people who just need love. And the Father wants to do that. And so I'm about closing up, but would you stand with me?